All right. The key elements for a successful sled team are a steady driver and three strong runners to push off down the ice. Ice! Ice! You're listening to Movie Things with Lindsay and Gary. Season 2, episode number 14. The penultimate episode in the season. We're getting towards the end of season 2, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be long now. So what is this one about? So this episode's called Cool Runnings, it's bobsled time. 1993 Disney classic, Cool Runnings. Yep, family sports comedy. It's Disney plus sports, so it pretty much covers both of our interests. Uh, it's directed by John Turtletop and starring Leon, Dougie Doug and John Candy. Cool, so do you want to do a spoiler alert and then we'll get into the plot of Cool Runnings? Yep, so we are going to be talking about Cool Runnings the same way we talk about all of our films here at Movie Things. We're going to be going into quite a lot of detail, talking about the plot and of course the ending too. If you haven't seen Cool Runnings and want to see it in advance, then go watch it and come back and join us. That being said, if you have seen this classic Disney feel-good film, or if you haven't seen it and you're happy to listen to us chat about it regardless, that's cool too. Grab some snacks, settle on in, and we'll get started. What's your snack? My snack for Cool Runnings is probably in tribute to the, the scene with Sanka and the ice cream van, probably like a nice lolly. Okay, cool, I can get on board with that. <laughs> Before we get into the plot, the director is known for While You Were Sleeping, National Treasure, and The Meg. <laughs> wow, that's that's quite the eclectic CV. <laughs> there you go. So what happens in Cool Runnings? So the story starts in Jamaica, 1987. The main character, Derice, has been dreaming of participating in the Olympics for his whole life. He practices running constantly, every day, and everyone in his town supports him, especially his best pal, Sanka. He can see himself going all the way to the Olympics. He can run 100 metres in 9.9 seconds. And his father done it, he wants to do it, and it's just kind of what he's all about. So finally, the big day arrives for tryouts for the Summer Olympics. Therese says no matter how fast the others run, he will run faster because he wants it more than anybody. Unfortunately, disaster strikes. There's a fall during the race. One of the other runners tumbles to the ground, bringing down Derice and one other guy as well. And it's kind of all over for him at that point. After begging the head of the Olympics in Jamaica to run the race again, which is obviously refused, he can't do that, he thinks all is lost when suddenly he comes across a photograph of his dad with another guy who turns out to be Irvin Blitzer, a man who tried to start a Jamaican bobsled team years ago but didn't, wasn't very successful. He's given all that up now and apparently he spends his days in a dive bar as a bookie. So Derice is struck with inspiration and decides to follow this bobsleigh team vision. He needs some help though, so he goes and gets Sanka on board and they go to find Mr Blitzer to see if he'll be their coach. Mr Blitzer played perfectly here by John Candy. Yeah, so this scene's really funny because not only do we discover that Blitzer is played by the one and only John Candy, but also he's going to need some persuading because he's given all that bobsled stuff up now and he's not really up for doing it all over again. Yeah, he's got a pretty checkered past and you get the impression that he's hiding in Jamaica and in these dive bars basically to get as far away from ice and bobsleds as possible. Yeah. He's pretty reluctant to get involved with the guys and their team, but their enthusiasm kind of wins him over in the end. 
There's a pretty funny scene at this point where Denise and Sanka basically pester the life out of Mr. Blitzer at the bar, hiding from him in the loose, you know, waiting around corners, popping up at windows, you know, calling him coach, begging him to get involved with their their newfound idea of basically representing Jamaica at the Winter Olympics, something that hasn't really been done before at this point. No, they are absolutely the ultimate underdogs. Yes, you know, that's something that we'll get into a little bit later, but for me, that's a big selling point of this film. Is it? I mean, every good sports film's about an underdog, is it not? Yeah, for sure. So they finally get Blitzer to agree to be their coach, but they need to recruit two more team members because you need four in a bobsled team. They manage to get two more guys. They get to practicing. They need to get up to speed. That's like a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a sports joke there. Need to get up to speed with a new sport and also get used to an activity that involves ice and freezing temperatures. <laughs> Bring on the comedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the two guys that they recruit are the other two guys who were involved in the fall at the qualifying tryouts for the 100 metre sprint. Yeah. So it takes them a bit of time to get their team spirit and team bonding going as well. Yep, so you've got Yul Brenner and you've got Junior as well. You couldn't get two more completely opposite characters in a team throw into the mix the fact that like you say they have no ice they have no snow they don't even have a bobsleigh to no. start training on so they basically have a bit of a makeshift go-kart yeah. type <laughs> thing and they take off down hills in Jamaica as part of their initial training. Yeah so they've got to really quickly learn how to maneuver a bobsleigh they've got to learn how to work as a team and they've got to go the right amount of speed to actually get a place in the olympics as well so they managed to kind of hit their first wee markers as ramshackle as their training is Mm -hmm. and from there john candy basically sets about getting them their olympic tryout yeah and you would get a really funny montage with the guys basically raising the money yeah that they need to go to the winter olympics basically everyone in their town in jamaica thinks they're crazy and getting any kind of sponsorship is impossible they refuse to give up though which is a theme throughout this film and they seek to raise the money themselves they do this um like you say that there's a great montage in this bit they just threw all sorts of activities arm wrestling busking a kissing booth and junior ends up selling his car as well i've got a question for you if you were raising money to get your bobsled team to the Olympics, what would you do? Just life advice. <laughs> Just queue up and receive some advice whether you want it or not. Either life advice or some sort of cut and put down. So you just come up, pay your pound and... What are people getting out of that? What would you do? I don't know, like gymnastics or something. <laughs> Who are you paying to teach you that first? <laughs> Here's something I learned 10 minutes ago. I don't know. An uplifting message. Yeah, I guess I would get a wee bit of positive affirmation. Yeah, I'm guessing you wouldn't allow me to man a kissing booth, so. <laughs> but we could kind of have the polar opposites. I could be in a, a nice black booth with fire on the front, and you could be in a nice pink booth with hearts in that, and you take your pick. You go left for a put down, and you go right for a positive affirmation. I like that. Pound a piece. <laughs> <laughs> 20 grand rolling in, no bother, eh? So they finally raise the money to get to Calgary. When they arrive in Canada, the reception is frosty and it's not just the weather. Yeah, they're totally out of their element at this point, but in every way possible. Mm -hmm. They're out of their element in the sport, in the country, in the weather, on the ice. The culture. Nobody believes they can do it. Don't touch me. Hey, Baldy, get off my foot. Don't touch me. 
Hey, Blitzer! Why don't you put some training views on that sled? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Very funny. You want to kiss my egg? I'm not kissing no egg. Suit yourself. Now, listen up, fellas. I don't want you to worry about looking good out there. Ah, Blitzy. You're going to tuck them in, too? <laughs> hey, seem into you like nobody likes us. We're different. People are always afraid of what's different. Hey, Jamaica! Watch out for number 12 turn. It's scary, huh? What's his problem? He's Josef Gruel. He's one of the best drivers in the world. Yeah, nobody wants him there. They get treated like a joke and they get treated like outsiders pretty much immediately. I want them to win people over, so I'm rooting for them right away. They were underdogs before when they were back in Jamaica, but now they're really up against it. And the Olympic judges and associates really don't like Mr Blitzer, but at this point, we're not really sure why. To make matters even worse, they, they don't even have a bobsleigh. No. Or proper uniforms. No, so they've basically, they've got enough money to get them there, but they still don't have any of the equipment or anything no. actually required for them to try out. And they've never actually been in a bobsleigh no, by at this, this point. point so no. they're basically there for their Olympic tryout, which requires them to finish the bobsleigh course in under a minute. And they've still never been in a bobsleigh. Yeah. It's a big ask. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of slow-mo footage of the competing teams, which is scored beautifully by Hans Zimmer. And it lets you see just what's involved in the sport and what challenges ahead for our heroes. Yeah, his score is great in this. I think it gives the movie like a real dramatic edge at yeah. certain points. Like I always think of Hans Zimmer doing the Dark Knight movies and stuff like that, but it does have a pretty mixed back catalogue that includes stuff like this and Kung Fu Panda. So yeah. I think it's just my mind automatically goes to the darker stuff with Hans Zimmer, but his music works equally well in yeah. Cool Runnings. See, I knew that he'd done The Lion King, so I always think of his work that he's done with Disney on The Lion King in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He's definitely very multi-talented <laughs> and able to turn his hand to different kinds of genres. So... John Candy, Mr. Blitzer, pulls in a bit of a favour and they get their hands on a bobsleigh for under five grand. Yeah, it doesn't so, bode well for the quality, does so it? So pro probably listeners can visualise exactly what that <laughs> looks like. Yeah, this sled looks a bit like, if I could liken it to anything, a World War II plane that's been at the bottom of the ocean since 1940. <laughs> wow, with the wings <laughs> ripped off. It is not in good shape. No, it's not. Um... There's lots of training montages to show just how hard the team are working while they're in Canada. Surely the staple of any good inspirational sports film is, you know, those montages of them training. It's an absolute essential in any good sports movie, a good training montage. Yeah. They practice turns in the bath, they're out running through the snow and the ice, and they're basically practicing how quickly they're going to be able to manoeuvre themselves into this bobsled and get it down the, the track as quickly as possible. Do you know, like, I feel dead sorry for them because they need to do all their practicing in front of the absolute experts mm -hmm. in the press. And that can't be easy because, like we were saying, they've never done this before. Nah. They probably shouldn't be there, but we need them to be there for this lovely, uplifting story. In reality, you don't want to do your really basic learning in front of the guys who are the absolute best at yeah. this in the whole world and the press. 
<laughs> yeah, who seem to just be waiting for any opportunity to make them look bad. Yeah, you would have thought, like us, we love an underdog story. Surely you would gather some support, but the attitude towards the guys here is much more like, you shouldn't be here, it's very elitist. They yeah. haven't broke into that, they don't deserve to be there, and they're not very welcome at any point. Nah. The Olympic Alliance actually tried to change the rules to disqualify the team a couple of times. They changed the timing of how quickly you have to be able to get down the track to qualify. And the guys still do it. Yeah, they basically try and disqualify them and that act gives John Candy the platform to give one of my favourite speeches in the film. I think it's a great bit where he then bursts in in front of like the governing body Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And he gives just one of the best uplifting speeches, another absolute staple of a good sports movie. Yeah. And John Candy delivers a beezer. I think there's a few really uplifting like monologues in this film. Either John Candy trying to get that redemption because we, we find out that years prior in 1972, Blitzer cheated at the Olympics. But he calls this the biggest mistake of his life and he's seeing this as an opportunity yeah, he to, put some weight his, at the front yeah. of a bobsleigh to make it go quicker. But I was reading, I'm a pure expert in bobsleigh now after watching <laughs> Cool Runnings and doing a bit of research for the podcast. But I was reading that you're allowed to put weight in it because the bobsleigh and the guys have to be within a particular weight range. So right. some sometimes they do have to add weight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess you could add extra weight and the theory being it makes it go down the hill quicker. Yeah. And he done that. So, and he's been paying for it with an internal struggle ever since. Yeah, so he sees this as an opportunity to clear his name and you're right, he gives a great speech in this scene and it's along the lines of whatever you've got against me, do not take it out on these guys. They're working so hard and it's really, my mistake is nothing to do with them. Yeah, because they have done the absolute unthinkable and switched to the most unlikely sport mm-hmm. and made their dream come true of getting to the yeah. Olympics, which seemed completely lost yeah. a few months previous. Definitely. Like when Derice at the start falls during the race and he's trying to convince the head of the Olympics in Jamaica that he should be in the Olympics, he says something to him like, well, you better get practicing your boxing. Basically, it's as if Jamaica's only allowed to compete in certain sports which makes all of this, as you say, seem absolutely unbelievable that they've even made it to Calgary at that point. Relationships form a big subplot in this film. There's relationships within the team, relationships with their families, and their relationship with John Candy as well. Yul Brenner and Junior, I think, is a really interesting relationship in it. Like, obviously, Yul Brenner hates Junior at the start because he trips and falls, he's cost him his place in the Olympics and he has this kind of line in the film that's repeated a few times that's like, I don't like you, this doesn't mean that I like you. (laughs) But they have an absolutely great moment though where he gives him an inspirational speech and like I think it's a pub bathroom Mm -hmm. um, and it's perfect and it helps him overcome all sorts of like issues he's got. He's got a bit of an inferiority complex. His dad's very domineering over Mm -hmm. him and he's got his whole future planned out for him. And it's this speech in the pub bathroom that basically turns the guy's life around. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. You see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> well, I see... 
Pride. Pride. Right. Power. Power. And I see a badass mother who, who don't won't take, take no crap no. off of nobody. Again. I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again. I see pride. Junior. I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right. Right. There's also a bit where Yul Brenner kind of you get a bit of insight into why he's so determined and why he's got all these walls up because he wants to get famous, he wants to earn a lot of money, and he wants to move into Buckingham Palace. <laughs> and, of all the places to pick. And whereas Sanka kind of makes fun of him for this dream, Junior actually says, you know, I believe that you can do that and we need more people like you in the world. So go ahead, you go get your palace. Sanka is one of my favourite characters in this, so I think he provides a lot of the comedy yeah, through the film. Yeah. You've got a great bit that you mentioned earlier on where they're training to try and get used to the cold weather and he's basically in like an ice cream truck. Yeah, he's in the ice box. <laughs> and his dreadlocks are frozen and he snaps <laughs> one off. Yeah, and there's another great scene which is round about the same time as the inspirational speech that we just mentioned, but he's basically learning line dancing mm -hmm. within the same pub. It's brilliant. <laughs> one thing that I think isn't mentioned enough about Cool Runnings is the team's style is incredible. Oh. The four guys' outfits are impeccable all the way through the whole film. I mean, as a massive fan of dressing in every colour of the rainbow, I could not be happier with the amount of colours, patterns, everything just getting thrown together. It's, it would, ve it's very fun to watch. It's very visually pleasing. And it would cost you an absolute fortune to put those outfits together in Urban Outfitters. I was going to say, could you imagine rocking up to <laughs> Urban Outfitters now and trying to pull together even one of the outfits in that film? The epitome of retro sportswear, yeah. cool runnings, yeah. deserves more credit. Definitely. <laughs> They're initially rattled by all of the challenges and the snarky comments, but they motivate each other and they get through it. They get some matching uniforms and even a bit of a glow up for their sled. And they manage to make the sort of initial cut, I guess. Mm -hmm. So their first attempt doesn't go particularly well. And the reason the first attempt doesn't go well is they've kind of lost their Jamaican flair, I guess is the best way to put it. They tried to copy what they think is the successful sort of Swiss model. Mm -hmm. But through doing that, I've lost a bit of their personality and a bit of what makes them tick. Definitely. The final competition comes around and they have a really rocky start, as you say. But then they, they kind of develop their confidence think about their own traditions and they return the second day completely proud of their Jamaican roots and feeling really confident you know they turn up like singing they turn up full of like life and fun they, they seem more sure of themselves at that point and this is the point when everybody kind of gets on board with them as well a wee bit of like Jamaican bobsleigh fever strikes the Olympics yep they fly down the course and make amazing time on their second attempt they win themselves a few fans with their charisma their ability and their personality and when they come back on the third day they finally feel quite accepted by everybody even the presenters on TV are wearing Jamaican bobsled team t-shirts and the support that they've now got at home as well is huge you get it cuts back to jamaica and it's like the whole town the whole village crammed, crammed into this little cafe keeping score and everything yeah. it's funny sometimes isn't it because what this film does a great job of and it's one of the biggest compliments i can probably pay it it makes the olympics seem interesting yeah and it isn't <laughs> not but, to us nah. no but every time like the Olympics is coming up or whatever and you kind of people you see people start to get that fever 
And this is a great example of when like a wee town or a village or something has representatives there and how that kind of grips everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think because Scotland is terrible at sports, we don't really get that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very nice and it's like a kind of nice plot driver for this movie, I think. It is, it is. I've got a question for you, another one. Go for it. So in the film, Sanka has a good luck ritual. He kisses his lucky egg before every race. Do you have a good luck ritual? No. Okay, (laughs) the the short answer. (laughs) If you're going to do something important or if you're maybe doing a presentation or an interview or something where you feel nervous, if you get any sort of little ritual that you do, you psych yourself up or bring yourself some luck. Not really? No, I don't think I've got anything. I'm trying to think. I don't particularly get nervous, I guess, but I'm trying to think why that is. This is the stuff you would get if you came to my um, life advice booth, if I was trying to raise my 20 grand for Olympic qualification. I think I always like try and make sure that I've covered every base in preparation for mm-hmm. a big event. And I think that means that when it comes round, I very rarely feel nervous because I feel like I'm going in with the mindset of I've done everything I possibly could have and come what may, I've done my best in the lead up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I didn't sell enough. myself short. Yeah. I don't have like a lucky pair of socks. I don't have like a, I'm not going to shave until this is over. Type. <laughs> I don't have anything like that. I think my, my lucky thing or my sort of routine is more in preparation. Sure. What about you? Sorry, that was a really dull answer. I wish I just had a lucky <laughs> egg or something. <laughs> what about you? Um, I, oh, I have a, a ring that I always wear if I'm going to go and do something important. Like obviously all the, the preparation stuff and practicing and everything, you're right, that's so important. But as like a little bit of, I guess, more of a superstitious thing, I always like to be wearing a particular ring. I like that. I don't kiss it though. It's just like, a, it's just I like to be wearing it. Welcome back to the bobsledding venue for this, the last day of competition. It's medal time. And John, the top six teams have separated by only half a second, so it's very close. And that's been predictable. I didn't expect to see you here. Well, my dear, we've got a team in the Olympics, don't we? astonishing is the Jamaicans. They still have a chance to win an Olympic medal. Everybody shut up. My boys on TV. And you're not the only one to get excited about that. I think the fans here have an extreme case of Jamaican fever. Oh, so do I. No, 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 no. So do we. Do I have to tell you whose turn it is now? So on the third day, they turn up again, but disaster strikes as the sled, to be fair, as we've covered, not the newest model on the market. No, and you kind of forgot at this point that the sled's in such bad nick because they've done a cracking job of giving it a nice paint job and everything. It looks great now, but problem being, I think the inner workings are still a bit rusty. Yeah, so it malfunctions while they're racing, causing the team to crash while they're down the course in a truly inspirational moment the team get out the sled and Doris says we have to finish the race so they carry the sled on their shoulders and walk the rest of the course which to be fair it's not too long like they've done all the the turns and everything and they carry it to a rousing applause from everyone present at the Olympics the film basically ends by letting the audience know that the team returned home as heroes and four years later they went back to the Winter Olympics equals so this is something that i always think about with sports movies right and i'm always a wee bit torn because i'm quite a sentimental guy and i want them to win but at the same time it's unreasonable to expect them to win in the circumstances so what i wanted to ask you was like do you prefer in a film a sports movie particularly where you get a cool runnings or like a rocky ending where 
you've followed them the whole way, you've went through the training and everything, and they just don't quite make it? Or do you prefer the super cheesy, they overcome absolutely all the odds and they do it regardless? I think there's a place for both of them, really, because it's still an uplifting message. Yeah, you know? for sure, that's what I mean. But I think Cool Runnings and Rocky, to an extent, is uplifting, but more on the believable side of mm-hmm. uplifting. Whereas sometimes if... if the guys here were to just completely smash it, break the world record and win by miles, you almost lose a wee bit of the goodwill towards it because you're kind of like, well, it's so unreasonable now. Like, it just would never have happened. Yeah. So I quite like the way this ends. Yeah, I like the way it ends as well. I think that they've still won. They've exactly. still like Because the goal was to get to the Olympics. And they've done that. And they got there and they've more than exceeded everybody's expectations. Mm-hmm. So they've definitely won. What a film. What a film. Can I drop my facto? Yeah, please do. So I'm going to tell you a wee bit about the sort of basis for Cool Runnings. Yeah, because I know it's based on a true story, but that's really all I know. I don't know anything else about it. Yeah, so Cool Runnings is inspired by the story of the 1988 Jamaican Olympic bobsleigh team. Unlike in the movie, the team was not made up of high-level sprinters, but was instead brought together with recruits from the Jamaican army. Wow. Yeah. Did they volunteer to do this or were they... Not quite. (laughs) Did they have John Candy shouting at them? (laughs) They didn't have that either, no. The idea for the Jamaican bobsleigh team was the brainchild of two visiting Americans who witnessed a local pushcart derby and recognised the similarities to the sport of bobsleigh. Mm. The problem was they were unable to recruit any of the really impressive Jamaican track athletes, so they instead went to an army colonel that they knew and asked if he had anyone available, and he offered up some resource. Wow. (laughs) So alongside some coaches from Austria and America, the makeshift team headed to Lake Placid in New York for their training. Their first encounter with a bobsleigh came only six months before they were due in Canada for the start of the Olympic Games. Much like in the movie, they relied upon borrowed equipment, and unfortunately they didn't have much luck or success. During their first run, part of the borrowed sleigh fell apart and on the second day the team were involved in a pretty heavy crash at 85 miles an hour. And I think that's some of the footage that they edit in during the film is the actual footage Mm -hmm. of the the team crashing. But, and this is where the wee inspirational bit strikes, this wasn't the end of the Jamaican bobsleigh team. They actually peaked six years later with a respectable 14th place finish at the Lillehammer Games. Excellent, and we like a bit of Lillehammer here as well, don't we? All in all, a real feel-good tale. It is. What I love about Cool Runnings is how it demonstrates, like, with hard work and determination, you can achieve anything you like, which sounds really dry and lecture-like when you say it like that. But it's so funny. And it's I don't know, so... I've just went on for like 45 seconds about how preparation's your best chance of success. <laughs> so we've, we've kind of crossed that line in this episode, I think. I just feel like on paper that topic feels very dry, but actually yeah. the film's got so much personality that it doesn't feel like a lecture when you're watching it. You're actually really rooting for these four totally unlikely guys to go and smoke everyone at the Olympics. So what would you rate Cool Runnings? For me, Cool Runnings is a really fun and uplifting watch. It's great. Even all these years later, I still, you know, finish up watching it smiling. I think the cast do a great job at what 
is it 98 minutes long? It's it's a really easy watch too. I give it a 7.5. I watched it over and over as a kid on first release and even revisiting it now, it's, it's a total joy. So yeah, 7.5 for me. How about you? So before I give you my rating, I'm going to hit you with some alternative castings of what could have been, if you like. Right, okay. So Disney had a pretty well-set vision for Cool Runnings mm-hmm. and the way they saw it was John Candy, but he was actually the only original sort of planned actor who made it into the movie. The four guys who made up the team were supposed to be Denzel Washington, Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes and Marlon Wayans. Did they just have, I mean, I was actually going to say, did they have an unlimited amount of cash, but it's Disney, so of course they did. But they didn't get any of them, no. so not very successful. But the reason I wanted to mention that is because when I, t- when I rate the film, I'm going to talk a wee bit about like, I think all the all the guys do an amazing job. I mm-hmm. think the performances are great. They're so genuine and that's kind of what gives it a lot of its... Very heartfelt. Yeah. yeah. So I've given it an 8 out of 10. I think it's really, really fun, feel-good film. Disney didn't get their dream cast for this one, but the four main characters on the team totally bring their A-game and they're supported by like an excellent John Candy performance. It's the perfect underdog film and the perfect example of the kind of message of... You can do it regardless of what they say. Yeah, whoever you are, wherever you come from, you can do it. Yeah, so it's cheesy, it's a wee bit predictable, but I would challenge anyone to watch Cool Runnings without a smile on their face. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's really easy going, uplifting movie, and it's full of heart. Yeah. So 8 out of 10 for me. I've only got one more to go in season 2 of Movie Things. I know, next week's going to be our big finale, guys, so don't forget to join us for that one. It's been a journey. It has, for taking us from Jamaica to Calgary in this episode alone. So hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at MovieThingsPod and let us know if you've got a wee bit of a good luck ritual before a big event. Yeah, let us know also if you've seen Cool Runnings and if it's one of your favourite sports films or do you have any other favourite sports films that you'd like us to cover? And if you could leave us a wee review wherever you listen, that would be magic. And if you're enjoying movie things, tell your pals. Yeah, we'd love to welcome some more listeners. Come on in, come on over, join our team. We'd love to have you. So that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.